remain standing. I hope you brought your King James Bible with you. Malachi chapter number 3. You know where Mark is, the New Testament. The last book in the Old Testament will be Malachi. If you'll turn there, chapter number 3. Malachi chapter number 3, one verse here, then we'll go on to Genesis. Malachi chapter number 3, verse number 10. I'll read out loud, you read along with me silently, as is our custom here at the Anchor Baptist Church. Malachi chapter number 3, verse number 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Please go to Genesis chapter number 14. Genesis chapter number 14 and verse number 20. Genesis 14 verse number 20. And blessed be the most high God who hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes of all. Now I'd like you to go to the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and chapter number 18. Chapter number 18 and verse number 12. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. In January and February of this year that we're finishing up here this coming December, those two months were dedicated to teaching and preaching on prayer. Following those two months in March and April, it was all about missions, and we taught you about missions, and we showed you things about missions, and tried to educate all of us a little more about missions and what we're supposed to be doing in that. In May and June, it was about the bus ministry. Uh, you were here for that. Bus ministry, understanding about the bus ministry, what we could do to reach out more uh, because of the bus ministry. July and August was all about soul winning, uh, get people back in that rhythm again, get people back in that responsibility again, get them back to obeying what God talked about, about reaching the world. The two months that we just came out of, September and October, was all about Sunday school. I have a quote up here that I have that people are spending thousands of dollars and hundreds of man hours on doing something called discipleship uh, that God, that church has figured out a long, long time ago called Sunday school. If you just go to Sunday school, you're going to find out you'll learn just about everything you need to, maybe not this weekend. And people, I tell people all the time, I said, you know something, I said, you come to church, I can't preach the whole Bible in one service. Lord knows I try, but I can't. And so uh, you need to kind of come on a regular basis. November and December now is all about money, finances, giving. I need to clear something up before you sit down. I've asked everybody to go back and read and, and, and listen and watch. Watch if you can. It's free online uh, through our church app. Uh, October, Thursday, October the 12th, and Sunday, October the 15th. It was about faith. And what brought faith about was I examined our church as much as I knew how, and I actually told you what stops God's blessings on a family, on a nation, on a church. And I told you about what those things were. One of them, of course, is known willing sin. 
Everybody fights with sin. Everybody wrestles with sin. But the Bible talks about when we begin to let it reign in our heart, it, it now has its place. Uh, you now make excuse for it. I don't care what people say. This is what I'm going to do. That's when you're really in trouble. Everybody fusses with sin. As long as we're striving uh, to overcome, we're going to be okay. I didn't say we'd ever stop. I'm just saying it'd be okay. And then I talked to you also about tithing. When you start robbing God, you're going to be in trouble. We come to find out through Achan in the Old Testament, God put his claim on Jericho and said, now the city's mine. After this, everything in the other cities you can have, it all belongs to you. But that's mine. God put his claim on that, said that was mine. Sure enough, there's always somebody that wants it. And that was Achan. It's amazing to me, again, how God called him Achan before he was ever Achan. It's just amazing. Like Bathsheba was taking up the women. Yeah, you know, get the picture? And so Achan stole what God said was his. And because of that, Israel suffered for it. They lost 36 men. It was the, they lost a battle against a smaller city right after overcoming Jericho, one of the largest cities they would ever face, and they didn't even shoot one arrow or throw one, one spear and it, because sin had entered in the camp. By the way, I'll tell you something right now too. Listen to me. Joshua fell on his face. It's not the message. Joshua fell on his face and began to pray. You know what God told him? Get up off your face. You know why? You already know. I already told you what's going to cause this problem. And so he told him, and of course, he, he actually pointed out, well, that'd make you nervous, wouldn't it? I got the tithe records. You want me to start pointing people out? I said that in the storefront one day, and a guy walked up to me. He said, you're a Pharisee. And I said, really? Why is that? He said, because the Pharisees, uh, they told Jesus that too. And I said, well, number one, I'm not a Pharisee, and I'm not Jesus. And I said, so I, I told him, I said, I had a plain piece of paper. I said, I've got the tithe records right here. It's in the storefront. This might be okay now. This might be okay. And I said, i got the tithe records right here, and I'm going to put it right down here. And back then we had a communion table for all of your kids and family to see. He was real quiet that night. Not a lot of amens, except people who were tithing. And so a uh, guy came up to me after. Somebody's always got a problem with stuff like this. The purpose of those messages was first of all to teach us about faith, which evidently eludes a lot of people. We believe it's a belief. It is not. We believe it's just something that just is out there and you've got to kind of trust. No, it says it has substance. Substance. Trouble is we misunderstand when that substance comes about. And so I, I explained all this and I, I taught on that on that Thursday and on that Sunday night. And then I told you what I believed was the problem with our church in the financial area. Now, I don't know what sin you may be having in your life. If it is willing, I give in to it. doesn't matter. Who cares anyway? You could be injuring the entire church. Now, before you get this, well, nobody's perfect. Really? I already got that part. That's not what I said. Everybody struggles with sin, to overcome sin, to grow in the Lord, to learn these kinds of things. A lot of people sin ignorantly, don't even realize it. It's sin. You just didn't know it. And so it's still sin. Whether I shoot you on purpose or accident, you're still shot. And so I tried to explain to you what I thought the problem was. Now, here's the what I'm getting in return. So what was the message for? Um, either you were asleep or eating or something. I don't know what you're not allowed to do to church. I thought it was real plain. Our church is facing some financial struggles. I couldn't figure out why. So I went to the Lord, 
and I examined all of this and I preached it to you what faith is, what sin can mean, what stealing from God, robbing God can mean. And I went through all these things to try to educate you and then I told you, look, we are in a financial bind. Okay? It's made no sense. Buses are doing better. School's doing better. Some school's doing better. Soul winning's doing better. More visitors are coming. Everything looks like it's going, except the finances. So that's not why, by the way, this thing about um, uh, November, December, this was thought about last October when we were setting up this year. So in case, uh, okay, here it comes. No, I, I, this is from last year. And I wanted you to understand about are we living, we need to live by faith or not. Put yourself in a situation where you absolutely have to trust God. It, so evidently you're thinking, okay, how can that be? I was talking about money. The Bible talks a lot about money and materialism and material more than heaven and hell. And yet we act like it's no big deal. Well, it's no big deal either one. But it is a big deal. God knew that. I often fuss with God. God, why did you set all this up based upon money? And God has never handed me a check, cash, nothing. Never has. But the Bible said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down running over, shall who? Men shall give unto you. God works through people. And so I thought I'd express to you the situation we're in, and I told you that I I, I actually went and borrowed quite a good sum of money because I wanted the Lord to know if it's me, I want to live, I want to live pleasing to you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we get to the place where, oh, no, I put my money in every week. You don't even think about it anymore. There's no real trust and faith there. It's just we've learned to do that. So we're not living by faith anymore. That was something we had learned, but are we still living by faith? So I tried to explain all this to you, and I hope it made sense to you. And it wasn't about me and what I did. I'm just telling you this is what I thought I needed to do. And I told you I learned this from two great preachers, Dr. Lee Lee Robertson's assistant, J.R. Faulkner, and Dr. Jack Conley. J.R. Faulkner got up and said, I know explained it. My house was paid for. I'll always have a paycheck. I have an office. I have a job. I don't have to worry for anything. He said, I no longer have to live by faith. Now, I don't know what he said after that. That captured my attention. Didn't make sense to me. I don't even know if he explained after, or if that's what he was saying. I don't have to. Then I heard about a decade or two later, Dr. Jack Hiles said, you need to put yourself back in a position of having to live by faith again. Put yourself in that position. Because without faith, it's impossible to we as Christians, we, we, we learn things and we trust God and we live by faith and then whatever we were trusting for, it now becomes our normal. I don't, I don't have to pray about it. I don't have to worry about it. No, no, I give my tithes and offerings, my faith promise. I do that all the time. So there's no trust in that at all anymore. Oh, no, I trust God to feed me. No, you don't. You go to the grocery store, you buy a bunch of stuff, take home, put in the refrigerator, and you may say, thank you, Lord, which you should. But you're not starving and wondering where your next meal's come from. You have to look at God and say, God, you have to provide. You don't do that anymore. I've done that before. My family has. Some of you have too. But we don't anymore. And I thought to myself, okay, what is it? Well, this is something. I don't know if there's sin in your life. But this thing about giving. In our church, people here are have, ready, learned to do that. 
what you've already learned to become a part of your life is no longer going to work for you. I already do that. That's what J.R. Faulkner would say. This is the stuff God already gave it to me. And Brother Howells must have recognized that. And he said, you know something? That's not good. You need to put yourself back in a situation. I have to trust God and live by faith again. If I don't do that, who's going to? Are we waiting for God to take everything from us? And then, oh, God, I trust you again. I don't think that's what this was about. The children crossing Jericho. God took care of them that whole time. They came to Jericho. You're just going to have to learn to trust me. I have fed you, watered you, gave you everything for 40 years, protected you, watched over you, gave you everything, and now it's just after 40 years almost expired. All that stops today. You want to go any farther? You're going to have to trust me by faith. So this is what I was trying to do. In that, I'm not telling somebody said, "Well, why didn't you just tell us how much we need?" If I have to tell you what to give, you're not struggling with God on what you should do. I don't find any place in the Bible where people were told what to give to God. So I'm not going to tell you. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight. So I'm going to be talking to you about tithes and offerings. I'm going to start off very basic, and through the next two months on a Thursday night, I will be teaching you on tithes and offerings. Let's see if that happens. Let's see what happens, okay? That's what that was all about. Father, thank you for the Bible. Please help us tonight. Let me be a help to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Let's talk about the tithe. In case you're taking notes, we will talk about that. Throughout the Bible, I just read to you, now watch very carefully. I've heard all the arguments. Well, that was under the law. Uh, Abraham was 400 and some years before the law, and he gave tithe. His son gave tithe. Now, either they just come up with, what do you think is a good figure, 10%? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. And though they lived at different times, they both gave 10%. And that was before the law. During the law, they were told what to give. The tithe was the Lord's 10%. By the way, that's what tithe means. So a lot of you new folks, some of us have been on the way. This is very elementary, but everybody has to learn. The tithe means 10th, 10%. Now, for those of you who went to public school, that's 10 cents out of every dollar. But we'll talk about what else that means that's another problem. And so we find out here that it means a tenth. Now, okay, so l- let's get into this a little bit here, okay? The definition of a tithe is a tenth or 10%. Now, okay, so first of all, the Bible does not teach the tithe is 10% of what you earn only. Now, I thought maybe that would catch your attention. 10% of what you earn only. The Bible doesn't teach that teach that at all. The Bible does not teach 10% of money only. The Bible does not teach 10% of the extra or affordable. That's not what the Bible teaches. Secondly, God does not give an amount. He gives a percentage. God doesn't give an amount. He gives a percentage. God doesn't say $25 or $4,000. God gives a percentage. Now, because of that, that's fair and equal. To everybody. You say, I can't give. He just put in $380. I can't do that. God didn't tell you to. But God did tell you to put in 10%. By the way, guess what he told me? 10%. Guess what he told him if he earns any money? 10%. 
And so this is what God is trying to teach. So we find out here, secondly, God does not give an amount, nor does he give an area or a category. What do I mean by that? God uses 10%. God uses such word as increase. God uses words as uh, prospered. God uses words as all, but God does not give an area or uh, something tangible other than 10%. He doesn't even say money. He actually says, as God has prospered. Now that puts a whole new aspect and understanding about what am I supposed to be tithing. Now God bless you folks that tithe to the nth degree. $11.87. If I could just figure out how to cut that to a half a penny, I would. I mean, because I want to be exact in my giving. No, you're, you're tight, Wad, is what you are. And, and so uh, that's the way it is. Turn to Proverbs chapter number 3, verse number 9. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 9. When God talks about increase and, and uh, uh, prospered and all, this includes all areas of our life. All areas of our life. All areas. Not just what you earn, not just money. Not just what you work for, all areas of our life. Look in Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Notice money's not talking. What do you think substance is? Your good looks? Some are going to come up short. That's all right. With the first fruits of all thine increase. Substance, all thine. You see, it's right there in the Bible. Proverbs 3, 9. All thine, it didn't mention money, didn't mention any of that. Now, there's a lot of reasons for this, which we'll get into here in just a second. So, first of all, the Bible does not teach exactly other than what a tithe is. It doesn't give an area, doesn't give a, a, a material, whatever, it just says 10%. It doesn't say only the extra, the affordable, well, what you can afford. Well, my brother straightened me out on that decades ago, decades ago. People say, well, I give from my heart when I can, and God understands. First of all, no place in the Bible does it talk like that. No place in the Bible does it talk like that. Second of all, he was standing closer to me than this kid right here is, than Noah is, and he was preaching. We were in a basement getting ready to start a new church, and he said, some of you that give from your heart, your heart must be that big. I rebelled against that. I said, that's not true. I love the Lord. Obedience is better than sacrifice. <coughs> and to hearken than the fat of lamb, the fat of lambs. <coughs> God is saying, quit your sacrificing. <coughs> Still trying to get over this cold. Quit giving when you can. Give when you're supposed to. And give what you're supposed to. So thirdly, we are to give God 10% of all that increases us. Now we have uh, folks, uh, business people, once a month at the end of a job. Uh, we have people that get paid regularly. The majority of our people get paid every two weeks. <clears throat> but in the meantime, on your, when you went to get a job, they give you this paper, how many dependents, how much extra do you want taken out, uh, how much you want your 401K. And so you just kind of set all that off to the side and say, all I've got less, $2.85 to live on. Which means you have like, what, 12 cents and some odd change to tithe and give offering off of. That's not true. How, where did you get the money for the 401k to go in there? God prospered you. God doesn't talk about just what you earn. So what are we talking about? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 2. 
You say, well, I, I give it here and there and, you know, special people here and, and works that I think are important. I'm sorry, the tithe and the offering that goes to church is not up to you according to faith. Watch what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 2. Upon the first day of the week, that's not Monday, that's Sunday. That's the day that Jesus rose from the dead, very early, the first day of the week. Let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered. Not what you worked for. Not what you have left over. What God prospered you of. That's what the Bible says right there. Whatever prospered us in any given week, a tithe is to be given to God. Now, you don't hear that. God found a way. Yeah, I think it's I think it's wonderful. God's way up there. He's almighty. He has everything. I mean, his streets are made of gold. I mean, come on. That's something we really cherish. Oh, boy, that's really. He said, yeah, I have that for you. Amen. Pearls. Women love pearls. Yeah, he makes gates out of that stuff. So it's not God needs your money. Oh, good. Then I don't need to give it. No, that's not the way it works. So what happens here is this. God said this would include being prospered or increased by an inheritance. Is he preaching how hard is this? Yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. When you sell a house, the profit you make off of that. Your 401k, the profit you get off of that. A car that you sold, the profit you get off of that. How do you say, no, I put all that down on another car. Really, so where did you get the money or the ability to put that down? You said from the, yeah, so it prospered you, or you couldn't have got the car. Same thing with a house. You cash your 401k, guess what you're supposed to do? So now we have a lot of people. You've got all your money tied up in asset, and the government and the state and your boss and your company, don't you touch that money now. You're going to get penalized. So churches are hurting. Missionaries are hurting. Works of God are hurting while humans tell us what we can and can't do with our money because we're too concerned about how we're going to have to supply for ourselves. By the way, that becomes a big problem as you get older. Older people are very concerned about retirement and are we going to be able to make it. You know why? Because the world has told us this is what we need to worry about. So that's another time sermon. We'll get to that. So this would include all that. In the Old Testament, they were commanded to give 10% of their grain, 10% of their fruit, 10% of their animals because they didn't deal in a lot of cattle. So this is what they were told to do. Go to Leviticus chapter 27. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Leviticus. See if you're listening. Leviticus chapter number 27. There is a peculiar phrase here that um, a lot of people do not understand. Let me see if I can explain it to you. Leviticus chapter 27. Look at verse number 30. 27, verse number 30. You there? Okay, now watch very carefully. And all the tithe of the land, whether of seed of the land or fruit of the trees, it is the Lord. Now what are we talking about? The tithe. The tithe is the Lord's. God said, that's mine. When you first go into here, that first city, that's mine. God puts his name on certain things, and that belongs to him. For us to take what belongs to God is robbing. It's stealing. It's not right. So here he says, he's talking to his people, and he says, uh, it belongs to the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. Verse 31. And if a man will at, at all 
redeem ought of his, if for some reason you run into a tough time or you can't make it or you have to hold it back because, you know, there's something you have to do, God says, not a problem, you stand right here. It happens. Unexpected things happen, right? Right, okay, well, watch what he says. Ready? And he says this, even whatsoever, I'm sorry, verse 31, and if a man will at all hold ought of his tithe, he shall add to it a fifth part. Do you remember the New Testament when he gave uh, talents to three different guys? In one place, he's explaining it, and he told the guy, he said, you are, you are uh, evil, and he said, you should have at least given it to the, he doesn't use the word bank, um, I forget the word he uses. Well, no, that's in another place. He actually specifies a certain place. But anyway, what he was saying was, you should at least put it in the bank and drew interest on it for me. I didn't give you exactly an amount, so I get back exactly what I gave you. God said, I want interest on what I gave you. Now, if you have to use what is mine, I understand that. But when you finally give it, which you should, he tells you what to do about it. Now, he's talking to children of Israel, so we're not paying attention to this, okay? Watch at verse number 32. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. Now, what in the world does that mean? Here's what they used to do. Okay, you got a thousand sheep, and it's time to tithe off of them. You don't go, uh, that one's kind of sickly anyway. Give that to them. You know? No, 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 no. Here's what God says. Sick or healthy make a bit of difference. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That goes over here. One, two, three, four, five. Passing under the rod, they would count. Every tenth one belonged to the Lord. When you give the tithe, it doesn't make any difference how small, how large, how protective, whatever. Every tenth belongs to the Lord. You have all these apples coming off of your trees. God said, count them out. Every tenth one goes to me. Not every tenth rotten one only. Not every tenth really large one only. If it's the tenth one, God said, that is mine. I'm putting my name on it. It belongs to me. So they go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That one goes over here. One, two, three. Anything that passes another rod, and he's talking about the flock. So this is how they did that with that. Watch what happens here. Verse 33. He shall not search whether it be good or bad. He said, when it comes to the tithe, you don't look at it and go like this, ah, I don't need it anyway. God said, no, but it's mine. Oh, but that's really a good one. I don't want to give that one away. I mean, that, that's kind of like for our retirement. If we tithe now, we're just going to have to sit in rocking chairs and stare at each other. We don't want to do that. So I just made that up. Neither shall he change it. See what he said? If it's something you really like and fair, you don't change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the, and, the, and the change thereof shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. Okay, God said, if that's what you're going to do, it belongs to me. It still belongs to me. The tenth belongs to God. Quit claiming anything to it at all. Remember, we're not just talking about money. Anything that prospered you, anything that advantaged you, anything that helped you. Watch this. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. You say, well, that's, that's Old Testament, and you're exactly right. Every tenth animal as it passed on. Now, understand, tonight isn't the last night I'll be teaching on this. It'll help you. So we've been talking about the tithe. A tithe is a what? A tenth. A tenth of your money only? A tenth of anything that does what? Prospered you, that's a good word, prospered you. Anything that advantaged you, anything that come your way. And again, the world, which is ran by the world, the flesh, and the devil, has decided that we're going to take all of it and invest it for us 
so that we can use it before we die to prove our case. Well, my kids figured out things. No, what does the Bible say? And who shall these things be? The world has taught us it's just a wise thing to do. Okay, I'm not against that, but I'm going to ask you something. When the cause of Christ is suffering, when the cause of Christ and the preacher ask you to help, when, when, when a missionary is hurting and has some special need, oh, I'd love to, but i got all my money tied up, and you know I've got all my, all my investments over here, and so you're prospering. But they told you you can't use that. You can't touch it. I don't know. I just wonder how God's going to say, boy, that was smart. Boy, you smart with your money. I'm not saying just throw it all away. I'm talking about the cause of Christ. This is what this is all about. So I want, let's talk about the offerings, okay? If that was hard to swallow, you're going to choke to death on this, all right? Though God gave us all that we have, he gave us 100% and he says, now hold on. 10% specifically is mine. Anything that prospers, I'm telling you now, 10% of that is mine. That's not yours to decide what you're going to do with it. However, the offering is. The other 90% he gives to us that he may see several things. Now remember, this isn't the last night I'll teach on this. Number one, how much do you love the Lord? The tithe does not prove your love. The tithe proves your honesty. God said, here, see this $20? Next Sunday, I want you to put that in the offering. That's mine. Go ahead and put that in there. You say, oh, you know something? I could really use this. What, what do you think you're doing? You took something that didn't belong to you. Not only that, you took something from God that he said was mine, and you used it for yourself. But now we're talking about the offering. So the offering, the tithe does not show how much we love God. It shows our honesty of that which is God's to give him back what is his. The tithe is the Lord's. The Bible says so. Remember, again, we're not just talking about money. Had a guy one time, he was preaching along these lines, and he made a business plan. And he walked right up to me afterward, and he goes, uh, you, you tell people they ought to tithe off of their income tax they get back. You know I've already tithed off of that. I guess he thought I was going to argue with him. You know what I told him? You don't. Did it prosper you? My wife and I do. We sell a house. We tithe off of it. You give us vacation money. I tithe off. So if you give me enough vacation money to go, 10% of that is coming right back to the church. Your staff right now gives probably close to 40 to 50% of everything that they're given here back to this work. Just your staff. Now you start figuring that how they make ends meet. That's a good question. So what happens here is that after the tithe comes out, now comes our giving. You haven't given anything because you gave your tithe. I give my tithe. No, you just simply are honest and gave God what was already his. You understand what I'm saying? Our giving can show to what degree we love the Lord based upon two things. The way we give it and the proportion that is not given. I want you to go to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter number 21. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 21, Old Testament. You still listening? Okay, good. You're wondering, say, sometimes the preacher forgets. Not sometimes, a lot of the time. Luke chapter 21, look at verse 1. Let's start right there. Luke chapter 21 and verse number 1. And he looked and saw rich men casting in their gifts into the treasury. 
he also saw a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. Now, here's what he did. He called over the disciples. And they uh, back then, they used to have these big uh, canisters, if you would, or pots. And they would put their money in, in these different pots. And uh, you could watch people give. People are like, I'm fixing to buy this business. Jesus called his disciples over and said, watch this. Watch these rich guys give. He didn't say they were doing wrong. He said they could of their abundance, and they gave. And you should. And you should. But what he really wanted to catch their eye with was a widow woman that put in two mites. Watch what he says happens here. Verse number three, and he said of a, verse number two, and he saw a certain poor widow woman casting in thither two mites, and he said of a truth I say unto you that this poor widow cast in more than they all. How is that possible? She gave two mites, they were given sacks of money. He said, well, they can and they got a lot left. And they should, look what they've got. They're able to do this. But he said, this woman, she doesn't. She just cast in. This is why it's not, it's, it's, it's not the, the, the same amount of giving. It's proportionate giving, which makes it very, very just and fair. He said she gave more than all of them. Now, straight up finances, that's not true. But when you compare to what she had and the situation she was in and her heart that was in it to give everything that she had, and they went by and said, okay, well, that's our tenth, and just walked on. Okay, good for you. That's that's exactly what what you ought to do. Pay attention to that woman right here. She has nothing. She gave all of it. Well, it wasn't very much. It's not about that. It's proportionate giving. God said she gave all she had. They didn't. They gave more. They didn't give all they had by a long shot. They had more they could have given. She didn't. So God's pointing this out to them, and he says this, for, uh, verse 4, For all these have their own, uh, of their abundance cast in into the offering of God. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. That captured Christ's attention. Understand, we're not talking about the tithe here. She took everything she had and put it in that offering and walked on. They did the same thing, and they did what they were supposed to do, but who would ever expect that? That is offering and sacrificial giving. She gave all that she had. So what do we have here? The Bible, uh, this poor widow woman hath cast in more than they all, is what the Bible says. The Bible does not teach before I give. What are others doing? I'm hearing that more and more all the time. We have a need. Preacher, what are others doing? I, I, don't take this wrong. I don't even like answering that question. Do you have a prayer life? Does it matter to you? Do you know how to get a hold of God? Then do what, look, if, if, if okay, I've got uh, David Chris over here, he's starving to death, and I get together with my wife, and I say, hey, maybe we ought to buy a chicken this week. So I make an announcement. I say, look, we're, we're going to help somebody, and they need some groceries. And so my wife and I, we say, you know, I really believe God wants us to. Okay, let's go ahead and do this. There's a need. I don't need to pray about it. That's the Baptist way of saying probably not. And so we, we uh, go and buy a sack of groceries walk over to his house and there are groceries laying everywhere all out front of his door. Everybody decided, well, I guess we don't have to now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, come on. If that's what God 
put on your heart to do in the way of offering and sacrifice. It doesn't make any difference. People have asked, well, how much is left before we meet our goal? What, what does God want you to do? Don't we know how to get a hold of God anymore? Don't we know what God wants from our lives anymore? The Bible does not teach equal giving, but proportionate giving. Makes it very just, very fair. The Bible does not teach give the tithes and offerings to things that I'm interested in. Here's the, really the way this ought to work. Preacher comes and says, we have great need. I need you to consider giving to this. Your first thought should be, we got to help. Not, oh, here we go again. I can't do this. What's he after all of our money? No, I'll let you know when I am. The Bible does not teach, I give my labor, my abilities, and my material goods, and that's the same as giving tithes and offerings. No, it is not. You understand what I just said? sheets. All of that did not come from other offerings, other other areas of the church. That was what Paul was giving by individuals. A lot of them are sitting in this room right now. And at the end of that week they still tithe. I don't know if I should say this or not, but the, the large amount of money I gave back a few weeks ago, on top of that, I want God to know I'm putting you to the test like you told me. I doubled my offering. On top of that, I'm not telling you you need to do that. Actually, that's not what I'm telling you at all. I'm telling you I prayed and I said, Lord, how can I start trusting you again? Look, I got a nice house, two nice cars, pretty decent wife. Uh, I got Right on, honey. Uh, I got all this stuff going on, and be honest, folks take care of me, and they wait on me, and they make sure I've got everything. I don't trip, and I try to remember stuff, and they treat me like an old man, and I got it. If I'm not careful, I don't really have to trust God anymore. And that would be dangerous for me, and it would be dangerous for you. So, the Bible said, bring all the tithes and offerings, if you would, into the storehouse. Church, New Testament, that'd be the church. That they're meat here, they're talking about meat. In the Old Testament, they used to give a lot of meat. That's why the priest would take a three-pronged hook and put it in there. Anything they got out was for them. In the Old Testament, priests weren't allowed to work. They weren't allowed to own land. They didn't do that. The people took care of the priests. The priests took care of the work of God to make sure these two made connection. So they would bring in, and God said anything. And But watch what God said. God said, now you bring your tithes and offerings in there. It was meat, fruits, uh, seed, these kind of, and the, and the And the priests would reach into that pot with a three-pronged hook, and everything they pulled out was theirs. And then they would also get a tenth of what everybody brought in. Then the Lord turned right around and said, now you give a tenth of what's yours. Everybody tithes. Everybody's supposed to give off. Everybody. Preacher too. I wouldn't go to a church where a preacher could not prove to me that he's paying tithes and offerings. There's no way in the world. He's not living by faith. Why should I? So, here's what we're talking about. How much do you love God? Now, I want you to think about it. How much do you love God? Now, your mind's moving. I, I really love him. How do you know? How could you prove it? I don't need to prove to anybody. Okay, so you're rebellious. But other than that, God has set a way to show honesty and obedience, tithe. God has shown a way or provided a way for love and sacrifice, 
offerings. The tithe, you, you can't give an offering before your tithe. You can't give more than a tithe. You know, some I think I'll double my tithe. Well, tithe is a tenth, so it's just kind of the way it is. Anything after that, now you, you have love offerings, sacrificial giving, you have alms deeds. There's all kinds of giving in the Bible. So that is up to you. Faith promise. Every year I add to my faith promise. Every year since we started. I, I'm not the ideal example of people in the Bible. That's what you need to think. So number two, I said number one, it shows the offering, the offering, not the tithe. The tithe is just honesty and God, this is yours, I'll get back to you. But the offering, how much do I love God? Number two, how much do we trust God? Go to Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six. I always like those people who go, I like to go to a church where they teach. That's what I'm doing today. Personally, I love to yell and scream and throw a fit and spit all over people and cut loose. I, I like doing that, but sometimes you just had to teach. I'm going to tell you. Matthew chapter number six. In Matthew chapter number 6, go down to verse number 24. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and... What's the next word? By the way, the key word in this is serve. You can have God in stuff, and you can have God in money, but you can't serve two of them. God didn't give you a job so you could serve the job. So that becomes your master. That tells you when you can and can't go to church. That tells you what you will and will not do with your money. That will tell you what you can and cannot say on the job. That's not your master. But in America, that's kind of what we got used to. Now, I used to work for a living, so I learned that. Now, look at verse number 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought of your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet with your body and what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, I don't care. My kids are going to get fed and they're going to get clothed no matter what. What do you think this is talking about? Is not the life more than meat? Okay, watch. Behold the fowls of the air, uh, for they sow not, neither do they reap. i never seen a, a bird out there with a plow. Nothing. And nor do they gather and put. They don't have barns. They live and exist from day to day. By the way, most people, or majority of the people in the world, that's what they do as Christians. Not in America. We have been blessed so much, we don't even realize it anymore. Watch this. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. How does this work for those kind of animals and, and, the, and, the, and the plants and the, and the flowers out where nobody even walks? Who takes care of that? Your Father in heaven. Are you not much better than Aren't you worth more to him than a flower, grass in a field, a bird? Watch what he says. Which of you taking thought can add one cubit to you? Now, I guess today we can. They're telling me doctors can cut your legs, add bones and extensions on your legs to make you taller. You talk about arrogant and pride. Yeah, I used to be five foot four, now I'm six twelve. Verse 28, I know that's sevenfold, I got it. Verse 28, why take ye thought for raiment? 
worried about this. Consider the lilies of the field, how they, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory is not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow, <coughs> excuse me, thrown into the oven, uh, cast into the oven, <coughs> shall he not much more clothe? Oh, you have little faith. You know what he's saying? Why, why won't you trust me so I can prove to you what I do? Well, you got to take care of yourself, you know. Man won't take care of his own family. Worse than an infidel. Do you know we've taken that so far out of context, it doesn't even make sense anymore. So watch what happens. The easiest thing for God to provide for his family, you ready for this? Food, clothing, shelter. Oh, maybe not the shelter you want. Oh, maybe not the clothes you'd like. Maybe not the food that, food that you can stomach. But God said, I'll take care of it. Yet, guess what happens? When things get tight, when things look questionable, and how is this going to work out? Most Christians stop living by faith and trusting God and go back to trusting what they're used to trusting, self. No. Next time something happens to your job, your health, you will begin to panic and run everywhere to figure out and you have got to take care is that the way you got saved making it happen is that the way God has watched over you all these years you had to make it happen and he took credit for it no he did this and the easiest thing to do is food raiment shelter and God said look I do that to birds and, and flowers aren't you oh, you you're worth to me more than that but the world, I'm just telling you, started decades and decades and decades ago teaching us what we better do with our money, and we stopped listening to God altogether. So, most Christians stop living by faith, stop trusting in God, and start making uh, a different decisions than what the Bible has taught them. Stop or cut back on their giving, and many start using the Lord's tithe because he'll understand. I'm sorry, you may be my friend, but I will not understand if I left my wallet here and said, I'm coming right back. When I come back, it's empty. But preacher, I needed it. It's not your money. The tithe is not yours to decide if you're going to give it or not. God just gave that and said, let me, let me see if I keep it. I promise you. That's mine. Give back to him. He put his claim on it. You have no right to use his money. If you do, add interest to it and give it back to God. Before I go on vacation, I'll be gone for, I think, like two Sundays. Last time we were gone for two Sundays, I wrote out my checks ahead of time, predated them, and said, here, put these in on that Sunday. I forgot. How do you do that? How do you forget to put in what belongs to God? How does that happen? This is proof. This is not, it's not prudence. What we, what we claim is prudence and wise and, and smart with our money a lot of times is not living by faith and trusting God with it. We're proving that we do not trust and obey by faith. When God puts you in a situation like this, it really comes down to this. Am I going to start handling things in a wrong way that I think is right? Or am I just going to keep going on and trusting God? That's the way you started. Did you remember that? 
When we started, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. If I ever got a George Washington, he'd smother in my pocket. So what? That's funny. George Washington, that's about a brother. Right? Oh, he's on the quarter, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. He, he had a lot of hair at the time you got done with him. He's bald. <laughs> Number three, it also teaches how much do you want God to bless your life. So, three, give and shall be given unto you. You don't believe that, do you? Okay, so now we're in this habit. Oh, I always give, so you don't really have to think or pray about it. I, my check comes out the first thing. Probably about the same all time, right? Faith promises the same all time. Tithe the same all time. Offering is where you show up. Is that the same all the time? I'm not asking you to do that. Giving and handling of money and material possessions is the gauge that I don't know why God chose to see if he can increase us and trust us with handling even more. You know, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think some people probably stay poor most of their life, just barely making ends meet. You know why? God can't trust you. If he gave you any more, you'd blow it. You'd mess up. It's like a person going on a diet. You don't want to anyway. You don't like it. You can't wait till you reach your goal so you can start eating again. And you go like, yeah, that diet doesn't work. No, you didn't work. <laughs> but this is what people, and we do the same thing with our money. Okay, we'll go to <coughs> Jordan Laurel, and he's going to set up a budget for us and tell us how to do all this. First of all, most people won't tell him everything you're doing. So he can't really help you the way he needs to. You'll go to some guy over here that charged you $175 an hour to sit down with you. He's going to charge you money for watching over your finances that you can't make ends meet. And then the first thing he'll say is, what's, what's this money over here in this category? Oh, that's what I give to you. Oh, well, that's got to stop. Preacher, he told me I can't do this anymore. Or you can go to Jordan Laurel, and he'll tell you exactly how to set this thing up, how to get ahead, when it's going to come about, and how you need to keep tithing and giving. You know why? That's what he and Abigail did. Right, Abigail? Okay. Now watch this very carefully. Go to Malachi chapter number 3. I'm almost done. <coughs> Actually, it's probably Abigail taught the children to me. Good to have you back, Abigail. Missed you. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8. Here's where we started. Here's where we'll end tonight. <coughs> Excuse me. Will a man rob God? What a ridiculous statement. What a, what a ridiculous question. Man, you're going to rob God. I mean, he's way up there. He's got the whole universe. And, you know, he's going to reach in his back pocket, put a gun to his back. No, you do that to his body. The church is the body of Christ. When you decide to take what's not yours or what you pledge to God, you are robbing God, even doing bodily harm because you believe something. I have a right to do that, but that's none of your business and it's his business. So watch what happens here. Look at verse number eight. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, where have we robbed thee? In tithes and, not just tithes, they made pledges to God, and now they're cheating on God. Verse 9, ye are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. The reason they're cursed specifically is because they robbed God. It says so right there. Even this whole nation, they got to the place where they didn't care anymore. 
let the temple suffer. Let the priest, let them provide for themselves. We ain't building this house. You got to look out for number one, you know. We're teaching our children this. Watch. Bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now therewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm at in my life right now. I have blessed, every time I turn around, something else is happening and come my direction. You want to know how this started? Sitting in church crying because I couldn't give anything. And I would tell God, God, if I ever get to the place, I want to give. I want to help buy pews and, and, and help carpet and our preacher needs help paving the parking lot. God, I want to be, and I couldn't. There was nothing there. Nothing there. I mean, nothing there. We were in the hole. IRS was after us. We were always, we were one of those people who, okay, we're not going to pay gas this month. So we can pay electric. And then we won't pay electric the month after that so we can catch up on the gas. We did that. We were always three or four months behind on everything. You said, preacher, that's awful. I know. I had to learn the lesson. Can you imagine me being up here and not paying my bills? Folks, pray for me. I'm not able to pay my electric this month. And so if you get a notice, anybody calls you and says, do you know a George Bell? Do you know he's not paying his bills? That'd be me. I just want you to know that. So I'm going to not be able to pay my tithes and give my faith promise and my offerings because, well, you understand. You told me that. Here's what I'd say. I understand. You know what I mean by that, don't you? That didn't say I agreed. I said I understand. So watch what happens here. So what he's saying here is this. You prove me with the tithes and offerings, and I will show you. wife and I often, we just look at our house and walk around, look at each other, look at our friends, look at our church and all that kid. How do we ever get here? How did this ever happen? Well, you went to college and you're just really smart. Well, that statement itself is really stupid. We leave in God out of all this. And once you get to the place where you're no longer trusting, you need to put yourself back into a place where you trust God for the evidence that he wants to show you once again. So then watch what happens. I will rebuke the devourer. You know that thing that they said like this? Um, well, uh, that's good for the life of the tires. Now, the life of the tires doesn't mean until you're dead. They do tests on them, and they say the life of the tire is 36,000 miles. At 36,000 miles, you can't afford any, so you drive another 10,000. Somebody just laughed been there, done that over and over again. And then you're looking at it. I used to lay carpet, and I'm out near Springfield, and I back then you had to get everything on a hard line. I'm putting in money on the phone. Hi, honey, I'm on the way home. Been laying carpet all day. It's about 10 o'clock at night. I'll be there in another hour or so. And while I'm on the phone, I'm watching my car go flat. I'll be a little longer. You could, uh, seriously, the thing about seeing air in a tire, you could feel it. It's moving. There's air in it. While I'm there, it's going down. I couldn't believe it. That morning, about 5 in the morning, I've got my, my uh, truck loaded full of carpet. Hundreds and hundreds of pounds. I got, I got padding strapped to the top. I've got all my tools in there, and I'm doing 70 miles an hour down the freeway on bold tires. He said, now, the preacher, that's just stupid. I agree. By the way, I haven't had a flat or bald tire in years. I've never had to call somebody to come change tires. That used to be a normal. 
We never owned a car. People gave them to us. All of my kids' clothes were hand-me-downs, thrift store. Her mom bought them for her. We didn't have Christmases. We didn't have birthday parties. You don't afford anything. You don't charge anything. That's not what you do. If you have the money, I'm not against charge cards. If you use it the way it's really intended to be used. But most people don't. As soon as you get in a bind, you go about that. So God said, look, I'll tell you what I'll do. You put me to the test. And instead, I will open the windows of heaven. If you don't, if you do that, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not, the devourer, he shall not destroy your the fruits of your ground. You, these things will not rot and, and be taken away from you early. They, they won't. I'll make them last a lot longer. You know, there's a, a hot water heater in most homes are like, uh, what, eight to ten years? How long have you had yours? Going on 12, and that's before you even got there, right? First of all, you need to be a good steward. Take care of what God gave you. Yeah, it's just an old car. Who cares about that? God gave it to you. Take care of the car. Take care of your clothes. Take care of your house. Take care of your yard. God gave it to you. belongs to him. It reflects him. Take care of it. Maybe it'll last a little longer. But this thing about giving, God said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll not only open the windows of heaven, I'll tell the devourer, ha, 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 no, 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 no. I want that to last longer. He's been giving it to me like it's supposed to. Now, if you think I'm misinterpreting this, you're welcome to come up here and tell everybody. If by faith, if I by faith trust God, I do this by obeying him and doing what is right, God said, windows of heaven come open. So I'm thinking about our church. If I do not give tithes and offerings into his storehouse, which is the church nowadays in the New Testament, I prove that I do not trust God and must take care of myself. So God does not rebuke the devourer. Everything I have just taught you, God has taught me. God taught me his way of handling material things and money. It irritates me to no end when somebody buys something and then trashes it. You'll say, you don't live what God gave you. Then you don't take care of it. You, you, you don't protect it. That's why I tell people, look, don't park near my car. You say, you think you're something. No, I watch you and your kids get in and out of your car. And what am I supposed to do? Oops, preacher, they hit your car. Oh, bless their heart. You know what I'm going to say? Well, you got insurance, right? You know what you're going to say? Preacher, come on. My, 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 my rates will go up. I didn't tell your kids to bash my door. And by the way, you want to go out and get another car every couple of years? The last two cars I've had, I've had for eight and a half and ten and a half years. I'm planning on keeping this one until I die. A year to ten, who knows? <laughs> Everything I have, God has taught me. How did I receive all the blessings in my life that I now have? Ready? Very simple. I believe God's word. Whether it makes sense to me or not, if God said I'm going to do, I'm going to obey what God has shown me. By faith in what in what substance I could not as of now see. I trust God because He said it. Faith has substance. What He's saying is, obey me and trust, and I'll show you the substance. There's real substance to faith. It's not this, I just believe and I thank God. No, that's not the way it works. And finance is the same way. So the tithe is the Lord's. The 10% giving to God's church shows that I'm honest. I'll give back to God, 
as he put his plan there. That's his. I have no right to do anything with it. The offering shows I love God, I trust God, and I want God to continue to bless my life. Why do I want God to continue to bless my life? I don't believe this. So I can give more. I'm not asking God to bless my life so I can keep more. Though it looks like that's what I do. Right now, I give more money than I've ever given in my entire life. Ever, 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 ever. You ask Mrs. Tyke. I think she helped us sell our last house or two. My wife sat right back there. We tied off everything. Everything. Well, let's see. What is that, like $21.80 tithing? Or? No, we tithe and then we give offering on top of that. Now, we're talking these next two months on Thursday night because that's when it's scheduled. How God, God, not me, said tithes and offerings has everything to do with his relationship with you. And in this world we live in, I need him very real in my life. Yeah, but if I don't hang on to it, what would a farmer do if he did that with his seed? I can't plant this. I won't have anything left. Well, I know this much. When that's gone, you ain't getting nothing. You have to sow to reap. You have to give to get. I know it doesn't make sense to the world. And you, you ask your investor, and he'll tell you, oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Mm-mm, no, no, no. You'll, you'll be penalized for that. And quit listening to people in here that tell you that too. They're reading after people that I don't necessarily agree with. And I didn't say you had to give it all away. But God did give that to you to use He did. Not just you. You are part of that and a cause for that. The local church is supported by tithes and offerings. Tithe by itself will not take care of the spiritual life. Won't you? God says, okay, I got it. Offerings. People's heart. Let them show me their heart. I'll fill them up. 